0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Your host, Gregorio Leoni, will have a small discussion with expert thought leader and friends on customer experience, transformation, innovation, and leadership. I hope you will enjoy the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, today is really a big, big pleasure to have Mary Drummond with me. Hi, Mary. How are you?
1: Hi, Gregorio. Thank you so much for having me on. It's such a pleasure to be on your podcast.
0: Thank you very much. It's the pleasure. is all on my side to have really a CX thought leader, a podcaster, a great host of podcasts since years. I am following you since season number two. We are now it's season number eight. And therefore, it's a long time. You are on the market. Everybody knows you. But for the people in Europe that don't know Vortex and don't know, don't know you, could you please introduce yourself?
1: Absolutely, my name is Mary Drummond. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at Worthix. Worthix is a company that specializes in explaining customer decisions. So aside from all of the regular emotional issues that we monitor in customer experience where we're checking satisfaction and recommendation potential, what Worthix does is we zoom in on what's causing customers to buy from you or not. And we reveal in a really clear blueprint what you should keep doing in order to keep your customers coming back and what you should stop doing if you don't want to lose them. So that's what Worthix does. We're a tech company actually, so we work we we have a SaaS product, it's a platform. It's essentially an AI survey that's able to have conversations with clients instead of having people just answer boring questionnaires. So it's a really exciting product. I am a huge fan. I've been a huge fan since day one. So everything I say about Worthix is super duper biased, but it's also very correct. So if you have to fact check me, I promise my word is good for it, but I love working here. It's such an exciting market to be in. And it gave me the opportunity to start working in customer experience and get to know the market and consolidate myself as as a person Um, that people actually listen to and look up to in this industry. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And I'm so happy to be here.
0: Thank you very much, Mary. And we are already feeling your passion for your job and what we are doing. But before we deep dive into into Vortex, we would like to learn a bit more about Mary because you you have also family, you are a speaker, you are doing your podcast. What are your values?
1: I think that one of my main values that most closely aligns with the work that I do um, is empathy. I am an empathetic person by nature. Um, A fun fact, I was recently, um, I'm gonna say diagnosed because it's just a great term for this as a highly sensitive person and highly sensitive people are really in tune with other people's emotions. We've got really big emotions ourselves and we have um, the tendency to put ourselves in other people's shoes all of the time. So I think that in customer success, I really found a calling because it does align so much with my personality and who I am intrinsically and that desire to understand people, understand their motivations and be able to connect with them on a deep level. So that empathy is definitely a part of me and it's definitely fulfilling to to work a place and a job that requires empathy so much. And another value that I hold very dear that I'm lucky to be able to uphold in my job is authenticity. So Gregory, if you've been listening to my podcast since the second season, you know that I say everything and I try to keep things as real and as authentic as possible. My point of view is very specifically that once you have something that's real and comes from within that translates to listeners and to viewers. And like you said, you can sense that passion and the reason you can sense it is because it's truly there. It's, it's authentically how I feel. And by putting that out there um, and showing people this authenticity, it, it creates a connection with individuals because I'm able to connect with people on an emotional level and that's what truly creates memories. So when people hear me speaking, they're able to understand certain concepts because it becomes interesting because authenticity is interesting. Listening to someone um, speak their mind without restraints and, and have that, uh, the, the general point of view without necessarily trying to fit it into a corporate agenda if I may say, is something that that people really value. And I think that that's one of the main reasons that the podcast became so successful, because people know that when they tune in, they're going to hear a very authentic point of view on customer success, on customer experience, on um, behavior economics, on psychology, on everything that kind of overlaps the universe that is the customer.
0: And I can confirm that as a follower of, of your podcast, and we can name it, no problem at all, is Voices of, of CX. It's really a great podcast, and I will share also the link. But I feel that I know you pretty well. And don't be scared. I am not a speaker, <laughs> but I know how do you decide to buy your car, where did you mm-hmm. bought your last pair of glasses, and yes. how, how often you are cutting your hairs? because this <laughs> is tough true. That you are sharing in, in the podcast, and for sure it's the arc cutting was the, one of your last episodes together with with Shabakhan. Yes. But it's yes. it's really as you said so authentic, and therefore also the feeling discussing with you. And I really need to pay attention because my feeling is I know you very well. <laughs> this is the mm-hmm. first time we really met people <laughs> in a personal way, and therefore it's, it's 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 really interesting. But I think this this make also your podcast and also not only the podcast, but the webinars, the speaking uh, engagement that you have, because it's authentic, it's about you. And Mm -hmm. you are also living this customer experience, discipline from a customer point of view, but also from a business point of view.
1: Yes. You know, one thing that I, I always say is that people don't follow companies. It doesn't happen. People follow people. So if they are able to identify with an individual inside of an organization, and you know this is where the marketer in me really comes out, if, if they can identify and connect with a face that represents a brand, that's how you can get customers to create brand identification with a, a company, by putting a face, by putting a person behind it, and, and a person that is able to express values that align with customers. And make them feel like um, they are seen and heard and valued and all of these things, you know. So that's what I try to do in my job. I, of course, I'm always keeping the company's best interest in mind. But I do believe that the best interest of the company is to have a face that's out there that people connect with. And that's what I try to do every day
0: and that's clear because at the end i know vortex thanks to your thanks to your podcast and thanks to your passion you are creating business for for vortex exactly exactly what what you were saying it's it's my example i am swiss citizen and therefore i know very well roger federer the tennis Mm -hmm. player oh yeah if he's advertising something then i automatically trust this company because it's represented by him, and I'm quite sure that he did his due diligence to ensure that it's aligned with his values. And therefore, exactly. it's exactly what, what, what you are saying. Yeah. Coming, coming back to, to empathy and linking that also to, to Vortex, you have an uh, artificial intelligence solution, not going to the technicalities of the solution, but is, uh, sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, Lucy, could you please- Lucy. Could you please elaborate a bit on that? Because I think it's really, really interesting also for the audience in Europe, we discussed also in the pre-discussion, WarTix is not so known. And I think it would be really great if you could share a bit about Lucy. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that the, the main thing to focus on to kick off is that the way that the industry of surveys and talking to customers is right now, it's really boring. And people don't want to do it. And I don't know how it is in Europe, but in the U.S., customers are bombarded by companies and requests for feedback. And I mean, we can consider that an improvement from the days when the customer wasn't consulted at all, but at some point, it just became overwhelming. So I'm of the belief that if we're going to tap into our customers and ask them for feedback, we're not only asking them for feedback, we're asking them for their time. We're asking them to stop and share their pains, their needs, their wants, their desires in exchange for nothing, really, in exchange for the company profiting more to a certain degree. So when customers do share feedback, they're giving us a gift. And that gift needs to be respected and needs to be valued. And there's no better way of respecting and valuing that effort on behalf of our customers than than truly being able to apply that feedback into the experiences so that they do profit from it, so that their experience with the organization becomes better. So um, a little bit of a controversy for the customer experience industry Uh, A lot of people focus very strongly on closing the loop and on the need to follow up with customers after customers have given feedback. And while this is great, it's also not possible for a lot of organizations. And the only reason that we've had to add that element of close the loop is because customers feel ignored and overlooked and they feel disrespected. So if we take away that pain point and we actually apply the feedback into an improvement of our processes, it's no, nece- no longer necessary to have a Band-Aid solution to try to fix the pain. So customers don't necessarily need you to close the loop if from that moment on you solve their problem. Now, of course, I'm not talking about customer service. Customer service or customer care is when the customer has a true problem and the company gets in touch with the customer to solve that issue. That's a very specific thing. And there are departments in companies that uh, are the sole mission is to try to fix the mistake when it happens. I'm speaking on a much more macro level, let's say. I'm, I'm speaking from a strategic standpoint where if you receive feedback, it's a lot more important to be able to, first of all, understand how much that element is truly affecting the customer's decision to stay with you or not. And secondly, how you can work internally to make sure that no longer happens. So let's say you identify through customer feedback an element of your processes that's broken and that really needs to be looked at and really needs to be solved. If you solve that, I can guarantee that complaints on that issue will disappear so instead of trying to call up each of your customers and say i'm sorry i'm sorry we promised we're going to fix it just fix it and once you fix it the complaint will go away because that's all customers really want they don't they don't require you to call them and make promises that you may or may not fulfill what they need is for you to give them a solution so that they can stay with you you know like lots of times We talk about how customers, once they make a decision to purchase from a brand, they want to do business with that brand. They don't want you to screw up. They want to have a successful relationship with you. So the good intention is already there. If there is a breakdown in the process that somehow ruins the entire experience, all they're expecting is that they can move forward without that obstacle. Now having a pleasant experience. So I I, I believe that if, if companies were to focus more on and solving the problem to begin with, as opposed to slapping a bandaid on it, customer experience in general and surveys in general would be more positive. I don't think that customers would have a problem answering surveys if they knew that that feedback was gonna be applied into an improvement of processes, right? So. I really, really went on on that one. But all of that to explain that the kind of the essence of the way companies relate to their customers is broken. Um, And lots of companies are under the impression that simply by reaching out to customers and asking for feedback, they're doing their part when that's only the first step. And in many cases, it's not even the first step. Because if you're putting out a survey and you're asking customers to tell you, about their pains and their needs. But in the survey itself, you limit the answers that they can give you either by asking questions that are only important to you as a company and not really regarding the pain points the customer may have that you never thought of, or in doing extremely long surveys that are never ending because you wanna tick off every single possible aspect of your process. Throughout the entire customer journey. And, and nobody, nobody has the patience or the time to answer that many questions until you finally come around to the topic that they want to talk about, if they're lucky, right? So long surveys, which are totally focused on a company's agenda and not on the customer. So you know, you're trying to be customer-centric, but not even your survey is customer-centric because your survey has been designed executed and put to field with the company's interest in mind and then ultimately when it comes time to collect the feedback the feedback that you're collecting gives you absolutely no idea whatsoever of how strongly this feedback is affecting the experience so even if you were to do everything right have a short survey send it out correctly close the loop At the end of the day, the data that you're left with from surveys is a needle in a haystack, especially for large organizations that have hundreds of thousands or even millions of customers. Can you imagine the struggles of the customer experience team trying to read feedback from 50,000 customers?
0: It's impossible. I, I, I totally agree with you and what I can follow perfectly also from my European point of view, or we can mm-hmm. focus on, on Europe, let's say the last 100 surveys that I filled in, I never received the feedback, or mm-hmm. if I, w- I was a detractor there and got a call, and they told us, yes, we will solve you your issue in this case, and by the way, we give you $10 um, mm-hmm. bonus for the next time that you can buy And then Mm -hmm. it's exactly what you you are saying is extremely important. And also linking the last part of what you were saying is um, our common friend, uh, James Totkins says also, let's focus on the successful customer outcome, what our Mm -hmm. customer wants to achieve and not on the successful business outcome. Because the business outcome follow the customer outcomes. If customer are repeat customer, loyal customer, buying from us then you have your business you can achieve your business targets and Mm -hmm. exactly what what you are saying and i think this is also the let's say advertising that you have in in your podcast small business knows their customer personally and therefore they can offer uh, direct feedback. I know you, Mary, you like this and that. How you buy your cars <laughs> when you have your air cuts and stuff like that. But if I, I would have, let's say 15, 20, 40,000 customer, it's not possible anymore. And therefore right. there are technologies like Vortex that create and help achieving this, this solution. And- if you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, We are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human environment. Thank you!